For this episode, I wanted to give an activation warning. We will be talking about the death of children and serial killing. You can watch this episode on YouTube, but please note that the audio on YouTube is not edited. You will hear all the ums and ahs and ands. And also, we had an EVP or electronic voice phenomenon event in this audio recording. That means that we recorded a spirit's voice inadvertently. This voice did not show up on the YouTube video. Around eight minutes in, that's when you should start listening. Listen for a man's voice who eerily says, no. Listen to when John says the following, and at the end of it, you will hear the spirit's voice. This is what John says. Really intrigued. Let me look him up. And then he was at, and that's when you'll hear the spirit's voice. Check it out for yourself. Enjoy. Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. I am so ready for today's guest because we've actually met in person. And in the age of the internet, this is an anomaly. So <laughs> I've met him in the flesh. I know he exists and he's great. And I'm so excited to introduce him to you. John Baisley is a forensic astrologer and psychic medium who focuses on psychic detection. He has worked with international mediums and psychic detectives such as Tony Stockwell and Scott Russell Hill on famous cases such as the Beaumont Children, Kevin Hicks, and Reese Collins. In addition to working with law enforcement agencies and detectives, he has played a large part in either having a case reopened or providing avenues of inquiry that led to solving the crime. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And did I pronounce your last name right? Is it Baisley? It is Baisley. Kudos okay. to you. <laughs> okay. I forgot to ask that ahead of time. I was like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, as I said it. So I think we want to get into, just for the listeners, what is forensic astrology and how does it validate psychic information? Well, forensic astrology is using astrology to solve crimes. We do that by uh, looking at an event chart, uh, which is very similar to a birth chart, but different date, time, and location. And that time is very important. We use a time stamp, which is a 911 call when a Amber Alert was issued, CCTV, security footage, which has time and date stamps. We also use last witness scene when a police or missing persons report was issued. Also, uh, last text message or cell phone call. So with forensic astrology, do you consider yourself an astrologer? Have you had a lot of experience in the actual field of astrology? Or is it just more you have started as a psychic medium? How did that all start for you? Well, I would say that I am a psychic medium first and foremost. However, I've only been doing the forensic astrology for the past year and a half, we'll say. And I know other astrologers are going to fall off their chairs. Uh, most forensic astrologers, and there's very few of them out there, They've had 
10, 15, 20 years of experience in regular traditional uh, astrology. I have not. I started straight off with forensic astrology, but it made sense to me. And it makes sense because I can validate psychic information that we get, the facts in the case, and then whatever is left over, uh, which is the unknowns, they come bubbling up. And those are those avenues for inquiry that we give to the police and so on. You started as a psychic medium. So how did you discover you were a psychic medium and had this gift of psychic detection? So uh, back in 2006, I was asleep in my bedroom in this apartment building, a different apartment. And I woke up and there standing at the very end of my bed was my grandmother who had long since Mm. passed. I'm looking at her like I'm looking at you right now. And she's as real as real can be. And she's wearing a pink nightgown, which she wore in her uh, later years. And she said, hi, dear. And I said, hi, Gam. That's what I called her, Gam. Mm. Uh, She said, "Uh, I'm with your grandfather. I just want to let you know that I'm all right. And I said, okay. And she said, oh, well, all right, now I'm going to go. And I said, okay. And she said, I love you. I said, I love you back. And then it felt like I woke up again. Now, that was a dream visitation, but I had no idea that those things existed and that spirits could communicate more easily with you that way. Not that I brushed it aside, but I called my mom and I just wanted to tell her about my dream. There was a long pause after I um, told her about it. And she said, John, today is the anniversary of your grandmother's death. Wow. I said, wow, well, what a coincidence. And again, never knowing about the synchronicities at that time. It was just a little while later, probably about a month, I was watching the show Medium with uh, Patricia Arquette. And that was based off the life of Alison Dubois. And I looked her up. She said that how she found out she was a psychic medium was that she had a visitation from her grandfather and almost the exact same conversation took place between them almost word for word. And I said, well, if that's how she found out she's a psychic medium, am I a psychic medium? And then I started looking at things on the internet. Then I started buying books and then the books just started coming. I mean, I could barely finish one. I read, I think about 60 books that year. Most of them said, you know, get into a psychic development circle. So I found two up here, one in Red Hook, and the other across the way with Adam Bernstein um, in Kingston. Oh, I know Adam. And so, I, you know Adam? That's cool. Yeah, I know Adam. I've taken a couple yeah. of his, uh, yeah. I don't know no what you Adam. call it. <laughs> yeah, his. I think it, it was a psychic development circle. I went, the only reason, I, he's phenomenal. The only reason I stopped going is because it was like eight or seven or eight o'clock at night in Kingston and I'm not a night person. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. by the way, guys, we're talking about New York. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, uh, I think we ended like around nine or something like that. But yes, it would start off at at seven o'clock. So I was doing it three times a week. So I did like three years worth of work in one year, plus books. I took a course. It was 13 weeks long. uh, It was like an awakening course to your intuition with Anna Sace uh, out of New Zealand. And that went on for a time mostly studying uh, by myself or in these psychic development circles. And then I was just looking up the word uh, psychic on 
Amazon and up pops Tony Stockwell, they're the psychic detective. So I watched all these episodes and I was like really intrigued. Let me look him up. And then he was at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck. And I said, oh, I've got to train with him. He, I guess for seven days, three of which were psychic detection. And then the next workshop was trans mediumship. Uh, but that's, that's where I got my first taste of the psychic detection. Loved it from that moment on and really never stopped. And that was how long ago? I would say that that was in 20, 2018, I think. Okay, 2018. Okay, so you've been doing this for a while. For, I mean, you've been a psychic medium for a while, but doing the psychic detection for, at this point, at least five years. So that's good experience. And you've you combined three years into one of the psychic development circle. So there you go. And again, Adam is a phenomenal medium. Oh my gosh, he's so good. And he's the person that I recommend people to if they need a medium, because I think he's that good. So yeah. how do do you put together a crime or a true event chart? How does that work with astrology? So I'm given a date of an incident, a location, and then again, that timestamp. I put them into a, uh, a software package. Uh, you can get them on the internet. Uh, I use AstroSeq. You put in that data and it does the calculations for you. The chart pops up. My methodology is to uh, look at what the degree of the chart is at. It'll be between zero and 29 degrees. Usually, you want to stay within five degrees and 25 degrees. Anything before five degrees is really too early in the chart. Anything after 25 degrees is too late, although I've pushed it out to 23 and 27. I know some other astrologers have done that to great success. But there are some charts that are zero degree, but that's when the incident happened. What are you going to do? And I read it. Sometimes you'll have a great degree. I, I consider a sweet spot between eight and 18 degrees right in there. I find the best charts for me to read are there, but I found some good charts at, at zero degrees. I found some lousy charts at 16 degrees. You can go backwards and forwards in the chart. You can you can progress it, see what one works for you, or there may be more than one time that you can work with. You know, maybe last witness seen here, time of death there, and and then just see which one tells the story. Okay, and I have an example of that from our workshop because that's how I met you. I did a workshop yep. in yep in uh, at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. And it was called Become a Psychic Detective with Tony Stockwell, who's again, the big guy. He's the big head honcho who has the TV shows and is on the TV shows and he's British and he his sense of humor is off the charts. He is so good. And I didn't know what to expect because I'm a complete neophyte. I'm not like John. John's an expert. I'm a neophyte. And when we went into class, I have to say, and, and John, you can definitely comment on this. I felt like even though there were 
neophytes and complete experts, I felt like our energy was just really good. And I felt like somewhere in there, we were just, I don't know, our class really gelled to me. But again, I'm not an expert on this. So the class seemed to really gel. And we had this one case in particular, because it was very cool that Tony would give us cases or ask people for cases. And then we would try to solve them. So someone came forward in our class who in her area recently had a missing boy who was found deceased and he was found, I believe, on the rocks by the sea. And so half the class, after going into meditation, half the class thought it was an accident. The other half thought it was foul play. John and I were on the same side of the the foul play class, right? On the same side of that. And what happened was when I went into meditation, I saw someone hitting the boy with a baseball bat in the back of the head while he was in the woods. And then two people dragged him into a car. This is what I saw. You confirmed it with your forensic astrology chart or your true crime chart. I'm sorry, true event chart. And you saw Chiron in Aries or blunt force trauma. It's Chiron or Chiron? I think I'm saying it should be Chiron, right? I pronounce it Chiron. Um, yeah, that's um, what I think you're right. I don't Chiron think it's Chiron and Aries. So that symbolizes blunt force trauma. And then Tony Stockwell, who again was a workshop leader, reconfirmed that it was foul play and that the people who live in that area should be worried for their children. Do you remember that? I absolutely remember that. Young man, Freeport, Maine, September of 2022. He was a runner. He was well-liked. Uh, he was, I guess, playing video games the night before, went to visit three friends. That's when the incident occurred. And it seems like the friends may have been lying or knew something and weren't giving it up. But looking at the chart, one of the first things I, I look for besides finding the planet that represents the victim and the moon, which is can also represent the victim. I look for them in the 12th house and the 8th house. They're the death houses and see mm. if they're passed on. Maybe even the 4th house. 4th house is the home, the family, and the end of the matter. So it's, it's like a pseudo death house. Uh, the next thing I do is look for Pluto. Pluto is the point of trouble in the chart. And that was in the 12th house. The 12th house governs uh, many things, hidden things, hidden enemies, uh, water, drownings, the psyche, all, all sorts of matters uh, like that governed by, by Pisces. So that right there tells you that water was involved, not mm. necessarily what killed him. Like you said, Chiron in Aries is a blow, blow to the head. And what I like to tell people is that, you know, sometimes there's more than one meetings, meaning to that. So it could be a headache. It could be an aneurysm or hemorrhage. It could be a slap to the face. It could be a punch to the face. It could be, like you said, blunt force trauma. It could be a gunshot to the head. But that's where your psychic abilities come in and say, you know what, what feels right? And that's what you had. So we both validated each other. The chart validated you, you validated the chart. And the more you can, you can um, validate the psychic information and the facts, 
the more you'll know that the stuff that comes bubbling up is true also. Another thing that was there was Black Moon Lilith was in the sixth house. Sixth house is directly opposite of the 12th house. 12th house of hidden enemies. I had the sixth house, which among other things like health, work, pets, it's also the house of stalkers. So that oh. tells me that this person, this perpetrator, was stalking him. His planet that represent him was in the seventh house of open enemies. That tells me he was looking directly at his assailant. He knew him. He saw him. He might not have known him way back, you know, or a couple of days before, but that day he was looking directly at him. He knew what his killer looked like. And the, the wow. perpetrator, which was represented by the sun, was at zero degrees. That tells me a lot. Zero degrees means the purest form of something. So to me, like the purest form of a killer, but a change had just occurred. 29 degrees is a degree of destruction, but it means that a change is about to happen. So something happened to this man, this assailant, that made him change and commit this act. We also had Neptune in Pisces, which is drugs, alcohol, mental illness. I'm leaning on the side of mental illness, although I don't I know uh, some drugs and alcohol came up in the yeah. uh, uh, with other people uh, as well. They were saying the parents, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. were involved in that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, here's this very kind kid. You wonder, you know, how he survived in that. He's probably just escaping that, uh, going out for these walks with his friends, you know, in the yeah. late after afternoon. I, I also don't doubt that the 12th house being involved, that uh, he ended up in in the water. But as Tony said, Tony says, well, water's not involved in the death. He says, it's sinister. And he's right. And that aligns with what we, we picked up. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the many fascinating cases we had to solve. And this is going to lead into my next question for you, John. Being a complete neophyte here, I felt that when the cases were about children, and please keep in mind, I'm not a mother. In this lifetime, I'm not a mo mother. I'm a, I'm a fur mom, but I'm not, a, I'm not a mom to a human. That I found that with cases with children, I was much better at finding out information versus adults. So I remember we had someone in the class who the adult child was a known drug addict. He was homeless. He hadn't contacted his mother in a year. She was very worried. And I really, I couldn't get any information on oh, him. Yes. I really couldn't. Whereas the person next to me in the group was nonstop chatterbox, got all this information. She was incredible. But then with, and I'm sorry if this upsets anyone, but again, with the, the cases of the serial killers who killed children and unfortunately hurt them, I was able to get a lot more information. And I wonder if 
it's because I'm not a mother in that lifetime because I was in a group with mothers who were like, I don't even want to solve this. I don't want to go there. But I was able to go there. Um, as the listeners know, if you've listened to this podcast, I've said it many times that I was abused as a child. So I don't know if I have that connection to the deceased child as well. So I found that I was much clearer. There was a case where he, it was they knew, uh, Tony knew the outcome and he was testing us and it was a British case and they were a male and female serial killers of children and no one was getting it. But I kept seeing child after child after child on milk cartons. And I kept saying to myself, these people are serial killers and they kill children. And then he had the pictures of the woman and the man and I could see the woman very clearly. And I kept thinking to myself, it looks like Twiggy with glasses. And Twiggy, by the way, we have younger listeners. Twiggy was a, mm-hmm. you can look her up. She's a model from the 1960s, super skinny and blonde hair. This woman or man to me looked like Twiggy with glasses. And then he showed the pictures and it was the woman and she looked like Twiggy with glasses. So I was able to really tune in to the children, but not the adults. So I was wondering what your expertise on that would be, what your opinion the women that were mothers, I think that they were probably blocked from that. I think it would be too much for them. It it may be due to their own self, but also sometimes our spirit guides protect us. You know, Mm. sometimes it's something like that where it's, all right, we know this is going to be too much for them to bear. We're going to block them. We're not going to show them how the children were killed and so on like that. They might block information getting to you about a surprise birthday party because they want you to feel joy. It's sort of that same type of block that they put in the way. Also, it may be that you relate better. The spirit of these children are coming to you mm. and being understand. oh, this person went through this in many lifetimes. Their soul will understand and I think that's okay. that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I sometimes do charts on on cats. To me, they're the easiest charts to do. I'm not an animal communicator, but in those instances, I do the charts and, and the whole case is done in a half hour, 45 minutes, you know. It's, uh, yeah, they're wonderful. Wow. I wonder what that is. There must have been some energy where you were some type of major cat in a past life or you were a cat hoarder or you were <laughs> something you yeah, had the knows? cat connection. Now, uh, <laughs> I've had quite a few rescues in this uh in this apartment and I've taken care of them. So maybe it's that, you know, uh, you know. Who knows? So can you tell us about a case that keeps you awake at night or one that's just so damn intriguing it's consumed you? Were you able to solve it with forensic astrology? I was out in Cape Cod. I received a phone call from a man in Texas. There was a missing boy out of Magnolia, Texas, under five years old. And he said, hey, John, uh, I'm here with the search and uh, rescue teams. And I'm standing with a police officer who is the liaison between the search and rescue and the police. And he says, can you help? And I said, sure. And I said, can you send me a picture of the boy. Also, get me the uh, the date, the location, and when he was last seen. I need that time. He was able to provide all of that. What I like to do is 
I like to tune into a photograph of the missing person. I do a face read. I, I hope that the photograph has a nice set of clear eyes and I concentrate on that, kind of let the face fade into the background. Uh, you know, you let it speak to you, but also you, I, I use a technique that I learned from Pam Coronado. I see if the face is 3D or if it's flat. If it's flat, they're passed on. If it's wow. 3D, they're alive. And just a combination of a feeling and that it was 3D, I was uh, of the conclusion that he was still alive. I uh, looked at the, the chart. Neither his, his planet that represented uh, him or the moon were in any of the death houses. So I'm like, okay, I'm confirmed. He's still alive. It's a different type of chart. You know, you're not going to get or look for every infinitesimal little piece of information. Time is of the essence when someone is miss missing, especially a small child. You really want to get what are their surroundings, get a direction, get a distance, and uh, go from there. So you take the planet that represents them, you take the moon, and they're going to be at a certain degree. You take the larger number, place a smaller number underneath, subtract it, and then what you have left over, you take that degree, and then there's a formula that you bring in that incorporates the houses in the way. You know, if it's angular, succeeding, cadent, angular meaning it's, it's one of the big houses, like the first, fourth, seventh, or tenth. That will kind of give you an idea of what to times it by, one mile, two miles, three miles, or sometimes the distance is infinite and you're at a loss. I determined that he was six miles northeast of his last known location. I made a mistake and I want to tell people this. I want people to learn not only from my triumphs, but from my failures, because these cases are like learning labs. The planet that represented the boy was in retrograde, which means you add a degree. So it should have been seven miles instead of six. I said, you know, directions, distance, this is the least reliable in a chart. I don't know if I want to give that to police and have them going on a wild goose chase. Let me determine when they're going to find him. And you can go in the chart and say, is he going to be found today, a week from now, a month from now? According to the chart, he would be found uh, within a day. So uh, I called up this man and said, uh, I feel he's still alive. He's going to be found within a day. Tell the police to keep doing what they're doing. And he said, okay. I spent the, the rest of the day doing whatever, went to bed, woke up, received a phone call, and he said, hey, John, you were right. We found the kid and he's alive, you know? And I said, oh, great. I'm so happy. And I said, you know, just for my own training, how far away was he and what direction? Seven miles north and east wow. of his last known location. So the chart was correct. In either case, it worked out. Now, this gentleman said, what started all off? I had the chart up on my computer. So I just looked over. Uranus was in Taurus. Uranus could be fast. It could be loud. It could be many things. Uranus in Taurus could be many things. It could be fast food, which comes in handy during a case because let me tell you something. These perpetrators, after they commit a crime, they expend so much energy. They just got to eat. So a lot of times I tell wow. the police, 
you know what, go around to the fast food areas and look at the security cameras. I bet you they're on there. And a lot of times they are. It could mean fast suffocation, but it could also mean a loud scream. I felt it was a loud scream. And I said, something caused that child to scream. And I'm looking at the chart. I'm like saying, what's up with the parents? Are they going through a divorce or something? And then I saw Chiron and Aries. And I'm like, well, he didn't have a blow of the head. And I'm looking and I'm staring at it. And I'm feeling into it, almost psychometrizing the chart, feeling into it. I felt that now, you know, this is fear. Like this kid fears this adult because there were aspect lines, hard red aspect lines going straight up to the chart to the sun. And the sun, again, was the perpetrator, can also be an authority figure, uh, can also be a father. So I'm like, all right, this is a father, this is an authority figure. It's right at the, the top of the chart. That's that's the place that has the greatest energy in the whole entire chart. So something's up with them. So I said, what's going on with the father? And he said, well, the, the father's not here. He's uh, estranged. He's living in Mexico. I'm like, well, who's that authority figure? Who's that man? And he said, well, he has a stepfather, but he's a uh, sex offender. And I'm like, you know, you got to be kidding me. Really? You know, I, I had the police looked at him and they said, yeah, no, they cleared him. Now, I can't say I've solved the case. There's your perpetrator. Go after him. It's it's not ethically correct. I said, you know what? Have the police take a look at him one more time. That's the way it was left. Uh, but I didn't find out, was that man arrested or not? And it's still in my mind, you know, it's it's swirling in there. What's happened to this child? Was he taken away from that family environment and put into a proper home? Was the stepfather arrested? What happened? The police, uh, that, that liaison was, was she was very good. She, she's the one that asked uh, this gentleman, said, hey, uh, you know, your friend was right about that we would be finding him in a day. You know, what else does he have? So I told uh, this gentleman, I am going to create a report. It's going to be down and dirty. It's not going to be pretty. I'll have all the information. There it is. Give it to the police. Never found out. But because of that, each case now, I say in the beginning, it's pro bono. You won't be charged. You'll get a report. But the only thing I ask for is feedback. And that's how I learn. And I think that there's a good energy exchange in that. You know, there has to be an energy exchange. Or, yes. or else these cases aren't going to come to me. You know, the spirit is just going to say, no, it's too much for John. So it's going to be money. It's going to be feedback or something of that matter. That's an incredible case, especially with the seven miles. That's seven miles. Seven miles. And I and I want to tell people, I don't think I mentioned this, but when we had our workshop at Omega, and of course, John was one of the experts, but Tony gave the floor to him and actually made a joke and said, oh, John's gotten too good for us. John's right up there with Tony, Tony Stockwell. So, or at least, you know, Tony Stockwell, that's in his words. You are one of the best. Uh, you are rare in this world. And uh, I, I can only hope that at some point you... I understand doing things pro bono, but maybe think about doing a donation link and saying, hey, if you like my work, please donate to me and take some pressure off yourself. And I say that, John, I'm not, I'm not trying to give advice because you know better than I do. But with metaphysical people, a lot of us, <laughs> we feel bad taking money, but there's an energetic exchange in that. And I think doing a donation link, I have one too, it takes a lot of pressure off. Just, you know, 
If you think I did a good job, donate. So think about that. I'm going to put that in your mind. <laughs> Source told you know me to tell that, you that. That's an excellent idea, you know, and thank you so much for your kind words. Uh, you know, when, when Tony invited me up, I had no idea that that was coming. You know, Really? John Baisley, please present your astrology. And I'm like, uh, okay, you know, and I was going to use the microphone, but I wasn't getting up on that throne, you know, that platform with the wing back <laughs> chair. Yeah, there's no way. No, but you did an excellent job and we were all riveted by you. And I was so, I, I was sitting there going, oh my God, I've got to get this guy on the podcast. And I, and I said, you know what? I've got to get some balls and go up there and introduce <laughs> myself. And you were great. You're so nice to me and so enthusiastic. So I thank you. John, I want you to promote yourself, uh, a website, social media, how people can contact you. And if they do decide to work with you in a missing person's case or something, John's going to have a donation link. I'm going to make him do it. <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent idea. I'm definitely going to do that. So thank you so much for that. I am constructing a website, almost done, theperceptiveinvestigator.com. That's where you'll be able to find me and you'll be able to email me and I'll have all the information there for you to fill in that I would need. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So everyone will see that in the show notes and we can link to that. And John, it was just an honor to have you on. I hope you and I stay in contact. I would love that. Thank you so much for doing this because this is invaluable. And I have a feeling that Source wanted me to have you on, not because you're so talented, but there's probably someone listening who needs your services. That's my guess. And now I can provide a platform where they've heard about you and maybe you can help people. Yes, I think we'll, we might even be working on a case together. I can kind of feel that. Let's say someone's listening right now and is like, shit, he doesn't have the website up yet. And I really want to get in contact with him. Should they contact me through, uh, they can DM me on Instagram, they can email me, and then I'll get them to you. Does that sound like a good idea? That is more than fine. If anyone needs John's services, what you're going to do is you're going to DM me on Instagram at two inches off the ground, or you're going to email me at free spirit podcasts. That's with an S at gmail.com. I will get you to John in the meantime, while his website's being worked on. Thank you, John. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground. <laughs>